Hey y'all, it's Kit here. I just wanted to thank everyone for the patience you've displayed uh, during, you know, the long breaks this show has had. I know that's not uh, an abnormal thing for us. Sometimes we just don't record some weeks, and it, it just happens. That's how our show has been. We have lives. We... I'm pretty sure Sam and I both work full-time, and it, it's just, we do this for free, we do this just because we enjoy doing it, and sometimes it just doesn't happen, and that's okay, and I just want to thank everyone who's kept up with the show uh, to this point, and hopefully this episode will be good for new listeners as well, so if you have friends who might be interested, just go ahead and turn them on to our show, you know, uh, apparently one of my co-workers was interested. Uh, so he's gonna start listening like today hopefully we'll see uh, but that being said like growth has never been our approach to this show uh, we, we've never had that mindset we've always just wanted to do it for fun for us and if people like it then that's cool uh, that being said uh, this episode is gonna be just me it is a recap of season one of bleach I had originally intended to do seasons one through three, but um, given the amount I wrote for just season one, uh, doing seasons one through three in a single episode, at least with my style of summarization, uh, didn't really seem feasible to do, um, at least within a timely manner. Uh, this is already way later than I planned on this going up. It was, it was gonna go up, like, a couple weeks ago, or at least a week ago. Time is fake. But, that did not happen, just because I've been very drained and burned out, and that's why, uh, the last break happened, like, our, our last missed episode. Uh, but, this past week we've gotten back on track, we've got new stuff coming out, uh, this upcoming Tuesday, we should have a new episode out. I'm hoping to have this out tonight, uh, sometime after I'm done recording, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, without further ado, though, let's just hop right into it with part one of season one. The show starts with us learning about a 15-year-old boy named Ichigo Kurosaki. He's your typical orange-haired high schooler with a kind heart, but a somewhat rough personality. Oh, and, well, I guess he has the ability to see ghosts. That's probably important. At some point, he sees someone with the appearance of a young woman facing off against some kind of monster, and later that night, he encounters that same woman within his own room. She purifies a stray spirit, performing what's known as Konso, with the hilt of her blade, allowing it to move on to Soul Society. 
Uh, she's surprised that Ichigo can see her, but explains that she is a soul reaper named Rukia Kuchiki. Soul reapers come from soul society, which is typically what humans consider heaven. A soul reaper's duty is explained to be combating evil beings known as hollows. Uh, things quickly turn sour in this first episode of the whole series, uh, as Ichigo's sisters, Yuzu and Karin, are attacked by a hollow, which is named Fishbone D. Uh, I, I will never get tired of that name. Fishbone D is a good one. Uh, and Rukia uses a spell to bind Ichigo uh, while she goes to fight the creature. Ichigo manages to break free of his bindings, which is not something Rukia expects. I believe it's been a long time, but I believe she says something akin to, like, not even, like, a lieutenant can break those bindings or some shit like that. It, it's some ludicrous power level, but it, it's anime. Who cares? Um, but during the fight with the Hollow, Rukia takes a big hit, uh, because Ichigo tries to fight it himself. He tries to intervene. Seeing Ichigo's determination to protect his family, and being unable to continue fighting herself, Rukia transfers her power over to Ichigo, who has now become a substitute Soul Reaper, complete with a massive fuck-off sword. The way this is accomplished is by Rukia having Ichigo stab her with her own blade, which is, honestly, pretty metal. I I'm into that. He defeats the Hollow pretty quickly, though, and then the first episode of the series ends. The next day, things are fine. Ichigo's sisters have no memory of the event, and they're unharmed, more importantly. He goes to school to find Rukia has now been enrolled as a student there, and the two discuss what happened the previous day. As it turns out, she wiped the memory of everyone involved using Men in Black-esque tools that are actually just like Soul Reaper tools, uh, but nobody remembers what happened during the Hollow Incident. It's fine. Nobody in school would remember anything. No, nobody around knows the goddamn thing. Uh, she tells him that as a result of her transferring her power over to him, she is now powerless for the time being and must rely on Ichigo to carry out her Soul Reaper duties. She's able to be seen by other humans using what is called a Gigai, which is just like a false body made by Soul Society. Uh, it's meant to just house a being's soul, and it can just act as a physical form for Soul Reapers who are, you know, spending an extended amount of time in the human world. Ichigo initially refuses this offer, or rather request, but... After another encounter with a hollow, this time attacking a young boy at a park, he reluctantly agrees to help. Another day, Rukia attempts to train Ichigo, but notices that one of their classmates, Orihime Inoue, has a strange bruise on her leg. Rukia asks Ichigo about Orihime, and he tells her that she had a brother named Sora, who died three years ago. That night, Ichigo is attacked by a hollow, and manages to break its mask revealing the face of Orihime's dead brother. This prompts Rukia to reveal that hollows are in fact the souls of dead humans, and whose souls have given in to despair or regret. Elsewhere, Orihime has dinner with her friend Tatsuki, who honestly is just like her perfect match, but that's just me, and discusses her interest in Ichigo. At this point, Orihime sees that her teddy bear and Raku has been torn, and finds blood seeping out of it before her soul gets pushed out of her body by the hollow acid wire, or her brother. Ichigo and Rukia rush to Orihime's place, as acid wire 
wounds Totsuki and gets angry with Orihime for not recognizing him. Which, frankly, not her fault. You're wearing a mask, my guy. Ichigo manages to arrive just in time, and after some battle, Acidwire explains to Ichigo just how lonely and upset he got after Orihime stopped praying to him once she met Ichigo and Totsuki. The Hollow remembers raising Orihime as the two fled from their awful parents and gets upset, telling Orihime to die for him if she won't live for him. He gets ready to eat her, but Orihime recognizes him and chooses to embrace him, explaining that she stopped praying and started telling him about her friends because she wanted him to share in the happiness that she felt, rather than the sadness she had after losing him. Following this with some clarity, Sora allows Rukia to help Orihime and purifies himself using Ichigo's Zanpakuto, the blade of a soul reaper. He says goodbye as he crosses over to the other side. In the following episodes, we get introduced to Yasutora Sato, or Chad, who, fans of our show will know, is a very important character to us. Uh, Chad has taken on ownership of a talking parakeet said to curse his owners with terrible luck. This is made immediately apparent when an I-beam falls and Chad has to protect his friends using just his raw strength alone. The next day at school, Ruki and Ichigo are certain that the parakeet that Chad has brought to school has a soul within it. They agree that they should perform Konso on this human soul, and Chad gets brought to the Kurosaki clinic later, because Ichigo's dad, Ishin, owns a clinic, after receiving a massive wound on his back. Rukia tells Ichigo that Chad was DEFINITELY attacked by a hollow. The day after, Chad has gone missing and Ichigo's sister Karin is feeling quite sick. Ichigo and Rukia frantically look around for Chad, but Rukia tells Ichigo that they won't be able to locate the hollow until it attacks again. Our boy Ichigo, though. He taps into his main character instincts and uses an advanced Soul Reaper technique, known as Rei Raku, to deduce the location of the parakeet Yuichi, and therefore, Chad himself. It's like kind of a sick moment, because he like closes his eyes and a bunch of ribbons uh, like come out from the darkness, uh, and he finds the one red ribbon, uh, and that tells him who he's looking for. It's, it's very cool. I like the way it looks quite a bit. Chad runs through one of the many abandoned factories uh, of Karakura Town. Uh, we have a running gag that it's, there is just like an abandoned factory district in Karakura Town because there's just so goddamn many abandoned factories. Uh, but he promises to save Yuichi's mother. Rukia and Ichigo run into Karin, who is still sick, uh, and Rukia tells Ichigo to just bring his sister home. As Rukia continues after Chad, Karin tells Ichigo that Yuichi's mother was murdered right in front of him. Rukia confronts the Hollow, this one known as Shrieker, but struggles due to her weakened powers. Chad manages to join the fight, despite being unable to see the Hollow whatsoever. The two work together, though, to fend off Shrieker until Ichigo arrives, and pretty quickly Ichigo just has the creature cornered. Ichigo demands to know if Shrieker is the one who killed Yuichi's parents. At this point, the Hollow reveals that in life, he was actually a serial killer. Yuichi had accidentally caused Shrieker's death immediately after the murder of his mother, and Shrieker made a deal with Yuichi to bring his mother back to life if he could flee in the body of a parakeet for three months. Of course, 
he doesn't actually have the ability to bring anyone back to life. That's not really a thing people do. And this fucking pisses Ichigo off. He rips the hollow's tongue out and kills him. And rather than purifying Shrieker, once he is killed with the Zompakuto, the gates of hell are summoned, and a demonic entity impales Shrieker, pulling him inside. Rukia explains this as the fate of those who sin before their death. She also explains that Yuichi's chain of fate, something we previously saw with Orihime when her soul is outside of her body, it's just like a chain that hangs out of your chest where like a hollow hole would be, because all hollows have holes in like their chest or various parts of their body, um, but usually the chest. Um, basically, Yuichi's chain of fate has been cut, and therefore he's just straight up donezo. He's dead. There's no saving him. The two perform Konso on him, and Chad says goodbye, promising to meet again. Part 2 Rukia is running low on supplies, so she decides to go to the Urahara shop, run by Ol' Hat and Clogs himself, Kisuke Urahara. She had some things ordered special, including Gikongan, or soul candy. She explains to Ichigo that this is something he can eat if she's not around, or just in general, as an artificial soul will inhabit his body to avoid arousing any suspicion. He takes one, and things are normal for like half a second, uh, as we cut to Urahara, realizing he has made a terrible mistake with this order. As it turns out, the soul inhabiting Ichigo's body now is very not normal, and actually is a total pervert with super legs. After various misadventures, we learn that this soul is something called a mod soul, which is a result of Soul Society's Project Spearhead, a project that was intended to modify dead bodies to fight hollows, resulting in artificial souls with superhuman abilities. I realize that was a lot as a sentence, but all of these mod souls were supposed to be destroyed. This one, the one that's in Ichigo's body right now, somehow survived. After reluctantly working together with the mod soul to defeat a hollow, though, Ichigo puts this mod soul in a stuffed lion toy and names him Kon, after Gikongan. The next day, Ichigo realizes what day it actually is, and his demeanor totally changes, causing him to be very distant from everybody. Rukia, of course, is confused, as is Orihime, though when the latter talks to Tatsuki about it, Tatsuki tells Orihime that Ichigo will not be coming to school tomorrow. That night, Ushin gathers the family to assign them duties for the trip, while Ichigo asks Rukia for a day off of Soul Reaper duties, as it turns out, tomorrow is the anniversary of his mother's murder. Tatsuki remembers how happy Ichigo was as a kid, always clinging to his mother, but always able to smile. Ichigo and his family arrive at the cemetery in real time, where Ichigo has to have a few words with the not-quite-invited Rukia. She theorizes to him that his mother may have actually been killed by a hollow, but Ichigo denies the possibility and sees a mysterious young girl, which he runs after. Um, Rukia gives chase because the girl has disappeared, and... Ichigo ends up telling Rukia that he is actually the one who killed his own mother before leaving. Uh, Rukia thinks about what she said to Ichigo and how inconsiderate of his feelings it must have been to bring up such a thing. 
Ichigo burns incense at his mother's grave and ruminates on the events leading up to his mother's death. As a young child, he was out with his mother Misaki when he saw a mysterious young girl by a flooding river, and as he could not yet tell the difference between the living and dead souls, he tried to save her. He woke up, after fainting, under his mother's bloodied corpse. Karin tries to comfort a crying Yuzu, but encounters a hollow with a lure, known as Grand Fisher. This hollow attacks when he realizes that Karin can actually perceive him. Machine tries to call his kids with a whistle, but Ichigo is the only one to arrive. Ichigo quickly senses Grand Fisher's presence, and he runs off. Meanwhile, Karin tries to protect Yuzu, while Grand Fisher starts telling Karin how special she must be to be able to see his real form. Rukia meets up with Ichigo on the way to Grand Fisher and promises not to ask any more about his mother's death, telling him that she will wait until he is ready to come to her with it. Ichigo finds Grand Fisher and his sisters just in time, recognizing the Hollow's lure as the young girl he had tried to save the night of his mother's death. Grand Fisher reveals himself, and Rukia gives Ichigo information about Grand Fisher's history through her soul pager, which is just like a cell phone she has. From the, it's 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 dumb. It, she like receives texts from Soul Society. They're like, "Yep, there's a hollow nearby." Uh, it's got GPS, but it's like a flip phone. It's 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 dumb. I love it. Upon learning about Grand Fisher, Ichigo realizes that the young girl he tried to save six years ago, which is astonishingly not that long. Six years, not that long. Um, turns out that young girl was the Hollow's lure, meaning it was Grand Fisher who killed his mother. Ichigo attacks, but seems to be outmatched by the Hollow, though he refuses to give up in the name of his family. Whilst having Ichigo pinned, Grand Fisher turns his lure into Masaki, and explains his strategy of probing his prey's memory and finding the one thing that they cannot cut. Rukia reflects on her captain's advice of allowing one-on fights to happen because this is bleach, or because of preserving honor, whichever makes more sense. And Ichigo slashes open Grand Fisher while he himself is currently impaled. As all of this has been happening, Tatsuki has been telling Orihime about Ichigo's past, and Orihime is beginning to believe that she might understand Ichigo just a bit better now. In the rain, she thinks about the relationship. Rikia joins Ichigo as a severely wounded Grand Fisher flees. Ichigo, being badly hurt himself, is unable to give chase, but after returning to his body, he and his father stand before Masaki's grave. Ichigo tearfully asks why Shin doesn't blame him for his mother's death, and his father tells him that he actually views Masaki's death as her giving her own life to save Ichigo. He tells his son to live a long life, and Ichigo here decides to keep helping Rukia. Sometime later, Ichigo gets talked into going on to a filming of a famous spirit medium's TV show. The medium, known as Don Kanonji, will be at a local abandoned hospital, and everyone is going. Rukia explains the concept of a jibakure, which is a soul bound to a location. As it turns out, that's what's going on here. Ichigo spends the episode falling around Don Kanonji, who is just like, boisterous, loud, fun man, and Don Kanonji doesn't believe he's doing any harm. 
Over the course of the journey through the hospital, Ichigo's words and the events surrounding the hospital convince Don Kenoji that he's had it wrong this whole time. He has been inadvertently creating hollows, not purifying spirits as he had once hoped. He and Ichigo defeat a hollow and leave each other on pretty good terms, with Don Kenoji having supposedly learned a lesson. Part 3 An unspecified amount of time later, Ichigo and Rukia are baffled when they go to the site of a hollow report, only to find a standard soul which they perform Konso on. A mysterious glasses-wearing figure watches from above. Later at school, turns out Ichigo scored pretty well on his exams, but Rukia calls him to go investigate another hollow, only to find, yet again, there are none at the reported site. The figure from before reveals himself as Uryu Ishida, a Quincy who hates Soul Reapers, and he is also a fellow classmate of Ichigo's. As it turns out, he has been killing the Hollows before Ichigo and Rukia arrive. To explain the rest of this mini-arc without taking, like, a million years, Uryu is a well-performing student who happens to also be the last Quincy. Sort of. The Quincy were thought to have been made extinct after a genocidal attack from the Soul Reapers. The Soul Reapers did this because of their justification that their own methods take down hollows and allow the spirits within to properly pass on to the afterlife, soul society, or hell. The Quincy, however, outright kill hollows, and this would lead to an imbalance of energies between the world of the living and the worlds of the afterlife causing the former to be destroyed. At least the former. I, it could have been both. I don't really remember. It's been a while. Uryu and Ichigo get on each other's nerves, and Uryu uses hollow bait, which just attracts a fuck ton of hollows. He challenges Ichigo to see who can take down the most hollows, and the chaos truly ensues here, with Chad and Orihime also encountering hollows of their own to face, including the hilariously named Bulbous G. While fighting Bulbous G, Chad reflects on his childhood with his grandfather in Mexico, remembering the words he once said. Chad decides to use his own strength to protect others, and awakens an ability within himself that manifests as a very cool right arm. <laughs> Chad takes care of his hollow, and Orihime faces off against Numb Chandelier, who threatens her classmates, including Totsuki. In Orihime's case, she remembers how much Totsuki protected her when they were younger, and resolves, from now on, to protect Totsuki herself. She too gains new powers, in the form of her hairpins, which now become fairies? Collectively known as the Shunshun Rika. This gives her some unique barrier and healer abilities, as well as some destructive capability we will almost never, ever, ever get to see, because this is Bleach, and Tite Kubo hates women. After the respective battles, Chad and Orihime wake up in Urahara shop, where the owner explains all the classic Bleach stuff, like Hollows and Soul Reapers and Ichigo. Uryu finds Rukia and promises to protect the town when Ichigo fails, while Urahara tells Orihime and Chad that their powers were awakened by Ichigo. He invites them to come watch Ichigo in action, but assures them that they need not get involved any further than they wish to in Soul Reaper matters. 
Ichigo and Uryu begin to fight one-on-one, and Rukia explains the genocide to Ichigo, but Uryu denies this as the reason for his grudge against Soul Reapers. His actual reasoning is that his grandfather and master, Soken, was killed by Hollows. The Soul Reapers could have easily saved him, and he had spent years trying to forge peace between the two groups. Ichigo tells Uryu that they need to work together to defeat the Hollows, which Uryu initially scoffs at before Ichigo reveals his own loss, the loss of his mother Masaki, and his desire to protect others from suffering the same. The two decide to work together as a massive Hollow known as a Menos Grande appears. Rukia explains how powerful Menos are, and Ichigo and Uryu rush in to fight it. Rukia tries to stop them, but Urahara arrives and binds her explaining it will be an important battle for the both of them. And also, it's just important for them to fight, I guess. Ichigo and Uryu struggle against the Menos. Before the Menos fires a massive Sero, which is just like a big energy beam, at Ichigo, which Ichigo blocks. This, however, causes Ichigo's spiritual pressure to rise exponentially. He manages to wound the Menos because of this, causing it to retreat back to the Hollow World. Ichigo declares victory, but upon rejoining Uryu, he collapses and his Zanpakuto begins losing form. Uryu realizes that this must mean Ichigo's spiritual pressure is going out of control, which could be fatal. He gets quickly to work, and using his Quincy weapon, the High Leg Bogan, which is like a spiritual bow and arrow, it's, it's like an energy bow and arrow, it's weird, uh, he uses this to siphon Ichigo's spiritual pressure releasing it in the form of massive arrows into the sky. It is very cool. This does significant damage to Uryu's body, however, and Ichigo tells him that they can't fight after this, not after this help. Meanwhile, a surveillance drone informs Soul Society of Rukia's location, and two Soul Reapers are dispatched to kill or capture her. Their names are Captain Byaki Yakuchiki and Lieutenant Renji Aburai, both from Squad 6. The day after fighting the Menos, a bandaged Uryu gets invited to eat lunch with Ichigo and all of his friends, while a very sad Rukia has lunch with all the girl classmates. A black cat named Yoruichi arrives at Urahara's shop, telling Urahara that they are here. Rukia runs away, leaving a note at Kurosaki Clinic for Ichigo to find, thanking him for everything. As she continues to try and run, she tries to convince herself that the emotional attachments she formed to the world of the living are not suited to that of a soul reaper. She runs under Renji, who confronts her, demanding to know the location of the human who took her soul reaper powers. Rukia denies Ichigo's existence, along with the possibility of a human being able to take on a soul reaper's powers in the first place. She's pretty shook, though, when Byakuya appears. Because, if you couldn't tell from their last names... Captain Kuchki is her brother. Renji attacks Rukia, promising to kill her if she doesn't tell him where Ichigo is. Uryu shows up, introducing himself as a classmate of Rukia's who just fucking hates Soul Reapers, while Renji demands to know who he is. Uryu gives him his name, believing it only fair to know the name of the one who kills you, which is, it's pretty badass. This, this teenager, kinda badass. I love Uryu. Ichigo, along with the help of Kone, finds Rukia's letter, which secretly warns him to go into hiding and not go after her. Which Ichigo, of course, immediately ignores. 
Urahara shows up to help Ichigo get into his soul form, a feat he previously needed Rukia's help with. Which isn't necessarily true, considering Kone's right there, but, you know, it's fine. Urahara's here. I prefer Urahara anyway. Renji, having defeated Uryu, prepares to kill the Quincy, but Ichigo arrives once more right in the nick of time, and the two fight. One important moment here is that Renji points out Ichigo does not know his own Zanpakuto's name. He releases his own Zanpakuto, known as Zabimaru, into what is known as Shikai form. Rukia begs a severely wounded Ichigo to run, but Ichigo refuses as Renji prepares to kill him. He gains a power boost from the strength of his own resolve and turns the tables on Renji, but suddenly, Ichigo finds that most of his Zanpakuto is missing its blade as Byakuya swiftly stabs him through the chest. Rukia rushes to his side, but Renji pins her down, warning her not to make her prison sentence worse. Byakuya implies her care for Ichigo to be related to how much he looks like somebody else. Ichigo, still alive, grabs Byakuya's Shihakusho, the Soul Reaper garment. Rukia pretends to have had a change of heart in an attempt to protect Ichigo, and Byakuya explains that he can never become a Soul Reaper again, as he has crushed all of Rukia's powers within Ichigo. They decide to leave Ichigo to die, with Byakuya and Renji taking Rukia with them. Part 4 Ichigo is rescued by Urahara and brought to the shop. Hatton Clogs explains the situation and confirms Ichigo is the only one who can save Rukia. Ichigo claims to have no way to get to Soul Society, but Urahara says he has a way. He'll only tell Ichigo if he agrees to train with him for the next ten days, though. Ichigo does agree, and the next day at school, he is astonished to find that nobody remembers Rukia at all. All traces of her ever existing have vanished. Summer break begins, and Ichigo encounters Orihime, who actually manages to remember Rukia. Ichigo explains the situation to her, and expresses doubts over whether bringing her back to the human world is actually the right thing to do. Orihime convinces him that it probably is the right thing to do, as it would be better for her to live here than for her to die in Soul Society. Ichigo gets ready to begin his training, and Orihime contacts Chad as they also head to Urahara shop. Renji ends up having a conversation with Rukia, who is now behind bars in Soul Society, telling her that he is certain Byakuya will request that she be pardoned due to her being his sister. Rukia tells him that it's more likely Byakuya will kill her himself, as he's never once looked out for her. Ichigo begins his training in the massive training area under Urahara shop, with Urahara explaining he needs to regain his spiritual pressure. This begins with Ichigo facing off against one of the children in Urahara's care, Ududu. Though Ichigo is skeptical of such a young girl being a fair match, after seeing the devastation this child can unleash, he runs and begins dodging all of her attacks. After he manages to actually retaliate and land a hit or two, Urahara declares the lesson complete, explaining the life-or-death scare restored a fair amount of Ichigo's energy. Urahara has Tessai, a friend and employee of the shop, sever Ichigo's chain of fate, as Orihime and Chad arrive with Yororichi to an area where Uryu 
is currently privately training. The latter gets them to leave, though, as he asserts his training needs to not be witnessed by anyone. In the underground training area, Urahara drops Ichigo into a pit as his chain of fate begins to shorten. Urahara explains that Ichigo is now undergoing a process called encroachment, a process that will turn Ichigo into a hollow within 72 hours if nothing is done. He tells Ichigo to escape or die, while Yoruichi begins training Orihime and Chad elsewhere properly. Later, Ichigo is informed by Jinta, the other kid in Urahara's care, that 70 hours of his allotted 72 have passed, and white fluid begins to surge from Ichigo's face, his inner hollow emerging. Urahara instructs the shop crew not to kill Ichigo unless he fully transforms into a hollow, while Ichigo is pulled into his own inner world, his mind palace, if you will. He meets a mysterious man here who tells Ichigo he does in fact have soul reaper powers of his own that were awakened by Rukia's powers being present. He tells Ichigo to find them in one of thousands of falling boxes, all while the world around them begins to crumble. Ichigo once again uses Rei Raku, the, like, ribbon-based ability he used way back when trying to find Chad in the parakeet. He finds the box, manifesting in his Zompokto's hilt. He pulls it out, while in the real world, a full hollow mask forms upon Ichigo's face. A huge amount of spiritual pressure escapes the pit, and Ichigo's body leaps out, crashing into the ground before the shop crew. The dust clears, showing Ichigo, who rips off the hollow mask, and he vows to kill Urahara. Urahara unsheaths his own Zapakto, ready to begin the third lesson. Meanwhile, in Soul Society, Byakuya informs Rukia that she has been found guilty of a capital offense and will be executed in the next 25 days. After he leaves, Renji tries to comfort Rukia, though she claims not to care all that much. As Byakuya walks outside, he is approached by 3rd Squad Captain Gin Ichimaru and 11th Squad Captain Kenpachi Zaraki. They kind of just fuck with him before they leave. They're not really important to this season. I just felt it important to include them just because they are names you will hear. They are names you will hear a lot. Urahara releases his Shikai, Benihime, telling Ichigo that every Zanpakuto has a name as he attacks. Urahara cuts through Ichigo's blade until just the hilt remains, promising to kill him if he keeps fighting with an unreleased blade. Ichigo is once again confronted by the figure from his inner world, noting Ichigo should be able to hear his name now, claiming the only thing getting in the way is Ichigo's fear. Here, Ichigo finally calls his Zanpakuto's name, Zangetsu, as he releases his first Getsuga Tensho, which is just a devastating move Zangetsu is capable of. Urahara declares that they can properly begin the third lesson now, as Uryu, Orihime, and Chad complete their own training. Urahara trains Ichigo for the next five days, including teaching Ichigo the resolve to kill to protect others, which allows him to use Getsuka Tensho at will, a feat Ichigo previously thought impossible. On August 1st, all the human friends we've made along the way gather to watch fireworks, this is an important night for those going to Soul Society, as to them, it may be the last time they see their friends and family. 
in Soul Society's R&D department, Rukia's Gigai is examined, with Akon, one of the more prominent research and development guys, claiming the skill used to craft this Gigai is advanced enough to be grounds for punishment and banishment from Soul Society. Ichigo and friends receive a message from Urahara, telling them to meet in front of the shop. Ishin gives Ichigo a protective charm before he leaves for what Ichigo says is a summer trip. In full, the group ends up consisting of Ichigo, Orihime, Chad, and Uryu, with Yoruichi the cat acting as their guide. Urahara has them come inside so he can explain the details. Orihime and Chad see the training area for the first time, which leaves them in awe, and Ichigo's soul is pushed out of his body by Urahara. The latter reveals a gateway, which he calls his Modified Sinkaimon, which allows the humans to get into Soul Society by converting their Kishi into Reishi. Basically, the physical will become spiritual. He warns them that once they enter, they will have four minutes before the gateway closes, and they will be stranded forever in the Dongai, the world between the human world and Soul Society. With all of this knowledge, and the resolve firmly steeled to save Rukia, the group enters the Dongai, ending the first season of Bleach. That, honestly, did not take as much time as I expected it to. Uh, that was about 4,300 words of recap. I hope it was enjoyable to listen to, both for fans of the show and new listeners alike. But overall, we should be back on track now. Uh, we have new episode coming out Tuesday, unless something comes up and gets in the way of that but hopefully they should be out tonight saturday the 22nd of october and hopefully you all have a great week stay cool chats nobody knows who i really am i never felt this empty before and if i ever need someone to come along who's gonna comfort me and keep me strong we are all rowing the boat of fate the waves keep on coming and we can't escape but if we ever get lost on our way the waves will guide you through another day